0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for the call on Adam's life. We thank you that you are calling him to St. Luke's for the work that you have for him to do there. We thank you that it's from us to there. And we pray that you'll not only bless and encourage them and direct and guide them, but that you will lay on our own hearts those of us you want to be there with him. May you grow this work in the only in the way that you can do. And we pray too for the word that you have given him, as we listen, may we have open ears, no locked doors. May we have open hearts and open eyes to hear what you have to say through Adam this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you, James. Um, well, I, I wasn't here last week. I was at St Luke's um, with with the church family there, which was a real joy. Um, but I did catch up on the live stream. I'm just going to go get some stuff. Um, And one of the things that was a real joy to see on the live stream was um, story time with Mim Johnson. And so in an effort, a a pale reflection of it, in an effort to do the same thing, I'd love to do um, some story time this morning. So I'm mostly talking not to the adults, although if you did want to come for story time, that would be okay. But if you are under 18 and you want to come forward, we're going to read um, our story this morning from this, um, which is sort of the bible is the jesus storybook bible um, it's one of our favorite books in our house it's famous if nothing else than for being my wife's favorite translation of the bible um, i would recommend everyone read it it reads very well we're going to read the story from that in a second and then we're gonna dive into some other things i'll leave the other bits for later so if you're smaller i'm really hoping at least one of my sons will come um, then do come forward and we'll read this. And I think we're going to get the camera on the book, so we should be able to see it on the screens as well because it's not the biggest book in the world. Um, Fantastic. Make sure I've got my notes, otherwise I'll totally forget what's going on. So where we begin this story, last week, what day was it, last Sunday? Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, good, 10 points. Um, I'm not keeping a tally. So Easter Sunday was where we were last week. And as we begin this, um, we're thinking a little bit about what Easter was about. Does anyone got any guesses as to what Easter is about? Um, Celebrating that Jesus died for us. That's great. Yeah, anyone else? It's when Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again. Fantastic. So we celebrate not only that Jesus died for us, which is super important, We don't just celebrate chocolate, Um, we don't just celebrate new life, so chicks and eggs of other kinds, but we celebrate the resurrection, Jesus coming back to life after dying on that cross. So um, we're going to join this story, we're thinking about the disciples um, who were Jesus' friends, we're thinking about how they were feeling after Good Friday and after Jesus had died. They were pretty sad, they were pretty broken up about it. And then as we join the story, Mary, one of his friends, um, has just gone to see where Jesus was buried, but discovers that Jesus isn't dead, but alive. He's walking around and talking to her, and it fills her with hope. And she tells all of her other friends that Jesus is alive, but they don't necessarily believe her. That's where we're going to join the story now. Um, So where's the camera? Let me hold it up. So we'll begin here. Um, We're just starting at the end of one story and ready for the next one. It seemed to Mary... I'll read it here and then I can actually see it. It seemed to Mary, as she ran, almost as if the whole world had been made anew, almost as if the whole world was singing for joy, the trees tiny sounds in the grass, the birds, her heart. Was God really making everything sad come untrue? Was he making even death come untrue? She couldn't wait to tell Jesus' friends. They won't believe it, she laughed. And she was right, of course. And then we head to the next story. So, Jesus' friends were afraid. They were hiding in an upstairs room, with the door bolted shut. But that didn't stop Jesus. He just walked straight through the wall. It's a ghost, Thomas screamed and hid under the table. But it wasn't a ghost. I'm hungry, Jesus said. What's for lunch? Peter gave him a fish. They all hung back and watched him eat it. This can't be, they were telling themselves. It's impossible. It's not happening. But it was right in front of them. Delicious. Jesus wiped his mouth with the back of his hand and grinned. Can a ghost do that? He winked. And they all laughed. I'm really here, Jesus said. And he really was. Peter's heart leapt with joy and he fell into Jesus' arms, hugging and kissing him. The others followed. They felt their hearts would burst from the happiness. Their friends ate together and chatted happily, and every now and then they'd just gaze at Jesus and have to touch him to be sure that they weren't dreaming. Jesus had a real body, but his body was better. It had come through death and couldn't get sick or be killed again. This body would live forever. Jesus had come back with a brand new body. Not only were the sad things coming untrue, but the friends realized they were becoming new again. Was God going to make everything new? Jesus said, I am the savior and the rescuer of the world. And they knew because he couldn't stay dead, because Jesus had come alive again, that somehow everything would be all right. And that is where we're going to leave the story for today. What an amazing experience. There's so much in this story that amazes me. I wonder if there's anything that amazes you in that story. I wonder um, if there's any questions or any things that stand out to you. If there are, you can ask them now, but there's no pressure if you don't have anything. Was there anything that anyone heard in the story that they thought was amazing or funny or any questions they had? Yeah? Um, It was amazing that um, they were ethical. That's okay. Don't worry about it. One of the things that sticks out for me about this story is that it's true. So even though it sounds a bit bonkers, we know that it's true. I've been to a few funerals. Does anyone know what a funeral is? Yeah? Can you tell us? It's like a service to remember someone who's died. Exactly right. It's a kind of church service um, that we do to say goodbye to people after they die and to celebrate their life. I've been to a few of these, but I've never been to one where the person that we're celebrating comes alive again. It would be absolutely bonkers. I would not believe it. But that is kind of what's happening here. In our story, does anyone remember what Jesus did with the disciples when he comes into that room? It involved a fish. They... Did he have lunch with them? He did. He was eating. He was doing things that you can only do when you're alive. In the story, it said that every now and then they just had to gaze at Jesus and even just had to touch him to be sure that they weren't dreaming. And I wonder if I were to blindfold you or maybe people here, if you're very trustworthy, if you close your eyes, and you can do the same if you are grown-up sitting in the seats as well, I wonder how you would know that I was here, that I'm still here. Is it because you can hear me? What if... That's just the speakers playing my voice. Can you reach out and touch my hand? Yeah. So when you can touch my hand and you can hear me, you, you know that I'm there. Now, we're going to try and play a loosely related game. Hello. Um, and we had great success with this game last year, which is why we're going to do it again. I'm going to need a round of applause as I bring thing, things in. And I'm going to need um, lots of enthusiasm. And I will need some volunteers of both adult and child representation. So, ready for the round of applause? We're going to play, What's in the Bag? I can tell everyone is slightly enthusiastic about that. Okay, so the first thing to say about what's in the bag is that it's very simple. I have a bag and you have to put your hand in and work out what's in the bag just with your hand we might develop the theme in a little bit um, so i need a first volunteer and without a doubt the first hand up was alice so the first one is in here alice can you pop your hand in no peeking and just feeling around if you need to put both hands in you can you tell us what you think that is it's, i don't think it's a dragon james a cup. A cup. Okay, pull it out. Is it a, it's a cup. A round of applause. Well done, Alice. Okay. Now, let me prepare the next one. Um, could we get another volunteer? I'm going to rely on someone at the front here to tell me which volunteer was first. Okay, who am I looking at? no idea but you are closest to me so pop that hand in and tell me whether you can work out what it is spoon. it's not a spoon oh I know everyone's interest has peaked now hammer uh, hammer Okay, let's take it out and see whether you're right. It is a hammer. Excellent. Thank you very much. All the safest things this morning. Okay. We're going to go for a couple more. Now, this next one. Okay, um, Boaz, you're standing right in front of me, and if you can't show favoritism to your own children, then what can you do? Can you tell me what's in the bag? It's a brush. It's a what? You did say a brush, and then you pulled it straight out. It's a brush. Well done, Boaz. Good job. Um, Okay, so this next one, I need someone who won't be putting their hands in the bag, but will be using their ears. Okay. Okay going to go with the blue blaze okay so stay where you are can you close your eyes okay uh, try it try it again so everyone can hear you can hold this bag in front of you can you hold the bag and shake it a bell. and a bell we've said a bell several times do you want to take it out show us if he's right it is indeed a bell thank you blaze Um, And then I have, um, I've got two more, two more. This one's another feeler. Okay. Um, Amara, you've been very patient. Okay, what do you think it might be? A book? A book? It is, but before you take it out, what's the book about? Can you tell me? I'll give it a really good feel. Just see if you can work it out there. Is that is In a church, that is an excellent guess. Let's take it out and see. Trees. It's not about Jesus. It's about trees. But it is a book. So we're mostly right. Thank you very much, Amara. And now the last one. <laughs> that was a valiant effort. Okay, this one will involve feeling, but you might also have to smell it. Ugh. It's a, good, it's a good smell. It's a good smell. Okay, let's go. It's not a sock. You wouldn't want to do that. Okay, so we might be able to get multiple people involved in this. Let me put my microphone down. <laughs> <laughs> no peeking. Right. So it's in a box. hand in and just into that coffee? box and tell me what it feels like. Um, it feels like dirt or sand. It does feel a bit like dirt or sand. Now, see if you can close your eyes and see if you can smell it. See if that might give you a clue as to what it might be. Is it cocoa powder? Is it cocoa powder? It certainly looks like cocoa powder, just to the side there, so we don't get it all over your clothes. It is cocoa powder, right? Is coffee powder? It wasn't coffee powder. That was an excellent guess. I have failed entirely to get anything to clear this up. I wonder if someone can. Yeah, if you follow Joanna, then we can. Excellent. So, the best laid plans. Um, it was cocoa powder. I was. Possibly thinking about getting people to taste it, but if you've ever tasted cocoa powder before, you'll know that it is absolutely rank. So that's not a great idea. Um, I did actually mix a little bit of sugar in, but it didn't help. Um, cocoa powder is very brown, but it does feel a little bit like dirt or sand. It's super hard to tell what it is just from feeling. I've never cocoa powder. But you have, have you tasted chocolate? There you go. So it tastes a bit like chocolate, but without any of the nice sweetness. So we needed to smell it. And as soon as we smelt it, it was immediately obvious what it was. There are lots of different ways that we can experience things. We could hear the bell. um, We could feel the other things. We could tell that it was a book, but we couldn't tell what was in the book until we got it out and looked at it because we need to use all of ourselves to have a full experience of something. Um, Now, let me get my notes before I go completely off-piste. When the disciples met Jesus, they found that he was real, and he filled them with hope, a little bit like, I don't know if you had this experience, but a little bit like the hope when you smelt the cocoa that you might be about to get some chocolate, only it was a real hope, and it didn't taste yucky like cocoa. It tasted real, like chocolate. It was the real thing. Um, I've got one more illustration, and it's a little bit like, we've really migrated, haven't we, to this side. Um, It's a little bit like the what's in the bag, but instead it involves something else. So give me a moment to, to bring it on. That's right, it's plugged in. Now. What's this? A hairdryer. If I'd put this in the bag and let you feel it, not only would you have turned it on and it would have been a disaster... But do you think you would have worked out what it was from touching the outside of it? But what is a hairdryer for? Just shout it out. Drying hair. Drying hair. So what does it do then? It yeah, it blows air at things. So would you say if you'd held the hairdryer or touched it, that you'd had a full experience? of what the hairdryer was all about. Really, what the hairdryer is all about is whether you're drying hair or not, it's blowing air at things. Arguably, if you have felt the air blowing out of a hairdryer, you have more of an experience of it than if you've touched the hairdryer itself. Because the air comes out of the hairdryer and it is the very purpose of it. Now, it's a slightly tenuous link, as all the best links are in sermons. But it's a little bit like that and what Jesus does in our passage today, which is not directly from the Jesus Storybook Bible, but actually from John chapter 20. Jesus breathes on his disciples, on his friends, just like the hairdryer, I think someone might have turned that off, Um, just like the hairdryer breathes on us. The breath of the hairdryer is proof of what it is and, and gives us a fuller experience of what it is than just touching it. The same thing is true of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the very breath of Jesus, and that's how he introduces us to it in the passage. Um, in John 20, verse 22, he breathes out and says, receive the Holy Spirit, the full presence of God felt by us, just as the presence of the hairdryer was felt by the air blown out from it. So the promise of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus gives when he meets his disciples, is God's presence all around us. It's Jesus in us. It's the breath, the life of God living in our hearts and enacting a restoration, a resurrection power, making us new, making the sad things come untrue. In another part of the Bible, in uh, Colossians, it's described as Jesus in us, the hope of glory. It's a hope of what's to come, of, of the sad things coming untrue. Now, one of the exciting things that we have hope for, the future in Jesus, is who we will be when he comes back. We will be a bit like Jesus. Now, the door was locked, but Jesus managed to come through anyway. Um, in, In any other story, we would think of Jesus as a hero. But a hero that can walk through walls and appear in places at will is kind of a superhero. That's how we describe it in the rest of our stories. Now, for a few minutes now, I'm going to read the passage and talk a little bit more. Everyone's welcome to listen, but it might be more grown-up friendly. So, kids, if you're happy doing what you're doing, you carry on. But if you'd like something to do, um, I can't claim any credit for the drawings on this paper. Um, My wonderful wife did those. I have very little drawing ability. But if you'd like to color in some of these or perhaps draw what you might look like if you had... Can you roll that out for me? If you had a resurrection body, if you were made new again, just like Jesus, then there are loads of pens and pencils over here. Feel free to color in or to draw your own people and you can color in the words and see how we might be transformed by hope. Oh, I've really made a mess, haven't I? Well, grown-ups, I'm going to read the Bible passage and I have literally five minutes to talk to you um, where I pull out a few things. But most of the truth this morning is the truth that we've heard already. So I'm gonna read from John chapter 20. It's starting at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. And after he said this, he showed them his hands in his side The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, which means twin, one of the 12, But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I've shared the main points already, um, but I didn't enunciate them at the start. I got all caught up in the game. But really, the points are that our hope starts with the fact that Jesus lives what we remember on Easter day. He lives and he breathes. He breathes on on us and in us. And with our every breath, we should share our hope with the world, that hope that Jesus is alive. As we look through this passage in this narrative, I invite you to go on the journey of hope that Thomas went on. He's presumably heard from all the other disciples when they heard that Jesus is alive, but he doesn't believe it. Um, So the whole thing where they first meet in the room happens on Easter day evening. But then we wait an entire week, which is why we're talking about this passage today, before Thomas actually gets to experience, actually gets to meet Jesus in the flesh. He's presumably heard what all the disciples have, but he has a hope that's more like the hope we talk about today, a sort of a vague wish. A that would be nice. hope, not an assurance. And then a week later, um, having said some pretty specific stuff that he would require in order to believe this fantastic story, Jesus appears, and he displays his Jesusness to Thomas in multiple ways. And one of the ways is that he addresses every single thing that Thomas asks for without him having been there in the first place. Jesus wasn't there in the room when Thomas said, oh, no, I'll need to see this and this and this and this. And yet Jesus arrives and reads off the list as though he could hear him, as though somehow he can hear us all. And then he says, you've seen me and have believed, but blessed are those who have believed and yet have not seen. I want to stick up for Thomas for a moment. We love to hate Thomas as the doubter and presume that we are not the doubter. But is he any better than any of the other disciples in the room? They all got to see Jesus and touch him. No wonder Thomas doubted. He was the only one. I mean, I don't know if banter was strong in the disciples' Um but it would be a great prank, would not it? Get everyone in on it. Is he any worse than the rest? His hope, though, is made solid and reliable, sure and strong in the presence of Jesus. It's by having Jesus actually there. His presence seals the deal. And for so many people, that seems to be the missing element of faith. They hear about it, it sounds lovely, but the sticking point is that Jesus isn't here. I can't touch him so I can't believe. But wild though it is to explain, Jesus is present, just like the wind coming out of the hairdryer was present. Jesus shows us how symbolically, by breathing out, the Holy Spirit comes from him. The very breath, the very life within him is the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God available to us. Jesus can be with us. The Bible can be confusing at times. It's a heads up there. Um, This episode is sometimes hard to reconcile with the fact that later, if you know your Bibles, you'll know that in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit arrives. So how can the Holy Spirit have come um, twice? And why doesn't anything spectacular happen the first time? And there are a number of theories ranging from um, simply, this is a graphic sort of symbolic re-promising of the Holy Spirit that Jesus does, all the way through um, to it being one step in the gradual release of the Holy Spirit, a first step on the journey, a moment when the Spirit seals the salvation for the disciples, but there's yet more Spirit action to come. It's an interesting debate, but it's relatively unimportant to the point here. Jesus' presence remains with us. In Colossians one twenty-seven, it's a letter that one of the early church leaders wrote. It tells us that the Spirit is not only with us, but for everyone. When we read of Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit in power is for all people, even those that didn't see Jesus. And it enables them to believe. And that is true for us too. It's a very simple sermon, a simple truth, because we need to know better what this truth is. Easter is not about the cross. It's about the resurrection. It doesn't mean the cross is not important in Easter, but Easter Day is about the resurrection. Because of Jesus' death, the presence of God can come to us. But because of the resurrection, Jesus' presence, the Holy Spirit, does come to us. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as the first fruits of the resurrection in in Romans um, chapter eight. It's a deposit made towards the future full fulfillment of the triumph over death that Jesus wins. God's very presence here amongst us, but not only that, within us, as the Holy Spirit dwells in every believer. Now, as ever, we're about to celebrate communion. I will move my stuff. It's not the prettiest picture, is it? We're about to celebrate communion together. And in that, we see the death of Jesus' body. We see his body and his blood. We see a sacrifice to buy our salvation. But we often miss where the resurrection comes in. It comes in in our participation. We embody the resurrection power of Easter after we take the body and the blood. We have it present in our bodies. Just as we have the presence of Jesus by the Holy Spirit within us. And then at the end of the service, we don't always say the same liturgy here, but at the end of the service, when we leave, it's the going out in the power of the Holy Spirit to live and work to God's praise and glory that shows us the resurrection power of Easter. Communion is a symbol that only works when we participate in it. And it's the going out that really describes the resurrection power. So our hope starts with the fact that Jesus is alive. He lives and he breathes. And he breathes on us and in us. That's his Holy Spirit. And with our every breath, we should share our hope with the world. Um, I always hate it when someone asks me to do something and it's clearly a time filler. And then I never give them any appreciation at the end. Um, so we're going to have a look at some of what the kids have drawn and colored in before we finish and I hand over um, to Joanna. So kids, can we lift this up? I'm not getting much response. Um, they are very busy. i tell you what. I was just going to wonder if we could see it. I think think this is not yet finished. So let me suggest instead that after the service, you come over and you have a look at how we're we're transformed by hope and some of the ways that our kids would like to live in the resurrection power of Jesus. Joanna. Joanna.